Buck Benny, a two-fisted, quick-triggered marksman who shoots from the hip and never misses. Well, hello again. This is Buck Benny speaking. It's the most exciting day of the year, I suppose, for me and other Jack Benny fans when we start the new season of the Jack Benny Show. This is the 1947-1948 season, or at least that's our main focus. But like last year, we're going to present it as kind of a Phil Harris sandwich uh, Phil Harris show stuck between two Jack Benny shows or our triple stack of Jack I suppose you could call it too so what we have is the 1947 Jack Benny show followed by the 1947 Phil Harris show followed by jumping back 10 years the 1937 Jack Benny show so that's what we have our three shows tonight our first one is of course the season opener for the 1947 year 1947 is basically the year around that time frame of when Jack really enters his golden age. I suppose folks kind of peg his golden age, the the very top that Jack ever gets, probably from 1946-ish to about 1950, about the time he goes to the CBS, I suppose, where I wouldn't say it goes downhill, it's just not... Um, as crisp as these episodes are so you're really in for a fantastic year of Jack Benny shows also on the Phil Harris side after Jack's show we bring you Phil Harris's opener from the 1947 season and on this show uh, it's his beginning of his second season of his radio show with Fitch Bandwagon and some wonderful episodes there to be heard as well so I think you'll really enjoy those and then bringing up the rear with Jack Benny from 1937 this is his second year with Phil Harris on the show uh, from what is that 80 years ago now wow that's a long time ago so anyway 80 years ago and tonight's episode features Abe Lyman and it is the best Abe Lyman presentation I've ever heard it is by far uh, one of the most wonderful 1937 shows I've heard. It's his opener from 1937, of course. And we present both the East Coast feed and the West Coast feed. I'm presenting the West Coast, Coast feed first because I have that in better sound quality, and the East Coast feed isn't, as qu in an, isn't in as quite as good a shape. Uh, its sound quality is not as good. But... I'm trying to remember. I've listened to both of them. One of them is just better put together. The 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 uh, comedy works better. Some of the jokes are different. Uh, it's very most of Jack's shows. Whether you listen to East or West, it's almost the same. Unlike Fred Allen, where his East and West can completely change. Uh, but in this case, on Jack's show, it, there are enough differences that one of them is dramatically better than the other. It strikes me that it's the East Coast that is the better of the two. And usually it's the West Coast that's better because the West Coast is done later than the East Coast. But in this case, I believe it's the East Coast that I enjoyed more than the West Coast. So you might want to listen to them both and compare them and see what you think. But without further ado, let's get right into Jack Benny, Phil Harris, and then more Jack Benny. Um, for our wonderful opening of the 1947-1948 season. Hope you're going to join us here every week 
on Sunday. It's really presented like late Saturday night, but I want it so everybody can listen to it anytime on Sunday that they want to. Um, I hope you're going to enjoy this great year. Let's get on with the show. Oh, I guess I better get into a little bit about who Abe Lyman is before we run the shows. He's going to be on the 1937-1938 show, and Abe Lyman is a band leader that Jack would use when he was in New York, and sometimes he wouldn't take his full cast. So last year he didn't take Phil with him, he just went to New York, and to fill in for Phil, he had Abe Lyman. And the character they built for Abe Lyman was kind of this brawly, um, streetwise, kind of uh, punk, uh, almost like a boxer sort of thing. And it never really worked that well. It was fine. I mean, it, it was it was good. It just wasn't as good as Phil, of course. But they, like I said earlier, they just nail it this year. And he's so funny, and he stirs everything up on the show. Very much uh, worth listening to, to to tune into the 1937. The last shows will run tonight um, to to get a more of a picture of who Abe Lyman is. But uh, without with Without further ado, let's get into the show. The Jack Benny Program, presented by Lucky Strike. When you buy, keep your eye on the red bullseye. Keep your eye on the red bullseye. When you buy, keep your eye on Lucky Strike. L-S-M-F-T. Lucky Strike means fine tobacco. American. Lucky Strike presents The Man Who Knows. Mr. Fernie Simmons King, independent tobacco buyer of Lexington, Kentucky has bought over 10 million pounds of tobacco in the last 36 years. Mr. King recently said, Season after season, I've seen the makers of Lucky Strike buy real fine tobacco, ripe, light tobacco that makes a swell smoke. At auction after auction, experts like Mr. King, men who really know tobacco, can see the makers of Lucky Strike consistently select and buy that fine, that light, that naturally mild tobacco. So, when you buy, keep your eye on the red bullseye. Keep your eye on the red bullseye. When you buy, keep your eye on Lucky Strike. And remember, LSMFT, Lucky Strike means fine tobacco. So smoke that smoke of fine tobacco, Lucky Strike. So round, so firm, so fully packed, so free and easy on the draw. The Lucky Strike program starring Jack Benny with Mary Livingston, Phil Harris, Rochester, Dennis Day, and yours truly, Don Wilson. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the past summer all over America, millions of people went on vacation. And for the first time in many years, Jack Benny, the star of our show, visited the garden spots of America. After finishing a successful radio season last June, he went directly to the beautiful Sun Valley Hotel in Sun Valley, Idaho. Oh, Clark. Clark? Yes, sir. My name is Farnsworth. My wife and I have reservations here starting today. Oh, just a second. Let me check that. Isn't this a beautiful hotel, dear? The nicest I've ever seen, darling. Oh, yes. Here we are. Mr. and Mrs. Donald Farnsworth. You're in suite 316. I'll have your bags taken care of. Oh, boy. Boy? Yes, sir. <laughs>
Take Mr. and Mrs. Farnsworth to Suite 316. Gee, the honeymoon suite. And boy. Yes, sir. This time, leave whether they tip you or not. <laughs> yes, sir. This way, please. After three glorious weeks in Sun Valley, Jack Benny next visited the world-famous Broadmoor Hotel in Colorado Springs. My goodness, Wilbur, the dining room is certainly crowded. I do hope we're fortunate enough to get a table. Well, all we can do is try, Genevieve. I'll talk to the head waiter. Oh, Captain. Uh, we, monsieur. <laughs> like a table for two. A bien. A table for two. <laughs> I will talk to one of my waiters, see if we have one available. Oh, Pierre. Pierre. We oui, mon Captain. <laughs> Et van nous un table pour deux? Je ne crois pas. Uh, pourquoi pas? Il est trop personne ici. Il est très crowded. <laughs> I am so terribly sorry, monsieur, but no table for two are available. There will be a, a one-hour wait. One hour? Look, Captain, here's five dollars. Uh, time she fly, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Pierre, give this couple a nice table. We oui, mon Captain, trade in, and remember, two and a half bucks of that is mine. <laughs> what? Vive la France! <laughs> The summer wore on, and it was with a heavy heart that Jack finally said farewell to the beautiful Broadmoor Hotel and spent the remainder of his vacation at the jewel of the Pacific, Catalina Island. Hey, Willie, look. Here comes the SS Catalina into dock. Yeah, and look, Skinny. Look at all the tourists she's bringing in. Gosh. I hope there ain't no cheapskates on board. Yeah. Hey, look, they're starting to throw the coins already. Yeah, get ready to die. One of the ladies just threw a quarter. It's my turn, fellow. <laughs> Whee! Oh, nuts. He goes first every time. Yeah. You know, for an old man, he can sure stay underwater a long time. <laughs> you should have been here yesterday when a guy threw in a silver dollar. Did he stay under long? Twice he sent up for sandwiches. <laughs> Just the bread. He caught his own sardines. <laughs> when he finally came up, he was covered with barnacles. Oh, look. There he comes up now. Nah, that's only his hair. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, let's wait till his glasses come up and then go. But all good things must come to an end, and so did our hero's travels. 
And now tonight, after a glorious vacation, we bring you the star of our show, Jack Benny. Thank you. Hello again, this is Jack Benny talking, and Don, even though you did exaggerate, I must say I had a wonderful summer. I'll bet you did, Jack. When did you get back from Catalina? Uh, yesterday afternoon. You see, I... I... Oh, oh, pardon me a minute. I have a little water in my ear. Well, Don, here we are back on the air again, and I haven't seen you since last June. What'd you do all summer? Oh, nothing much. I just cruised around on my yacht. Well, that's... On your what? On your what, Don? On my yacht. You, uh... You own a yacht? Oh, yes. Bought it just a few months ago. Don, you bought a yacht on what I... On what I... I was lucky in the stock market. Oh, you must have been, Don. You must have been. So you spent most of your time on the yacht, eh? Where'd you go? Oh, I cruised up and down the coast, and then I took one trip into the Atlantic. Cruising the Atlantic? Hey, that must have been nice. Ah, uh, it was, but I had a little trouble getting through the Panama Canal. Don, is your yacht that big? Oh, the boat got through. I had trouble. <laughs> Oh, I see. Well, Don, now that we're here... Jack. What? Huh? Ask me what I named my yacht, huh? What? Yeah. Oh. oh, all right, Don. What did you name your yacht? I call it the Girdle. <laughs> good, good. Now, let's get on with the... Ask me, ask me why I call my yacht the Girdle. Don, okay, why, did you, why do you call your yacht the Girdle? Because it takes a lot of little tugs to get her out of her slip. <laughs> Don. 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 Freedom train. Control your caboose. Don, you should have saved that old joke for next Sunday, October 12th. Why? Because that's Columbus Day and he was the first one to tell it. Don, I'm ashamed of you starting off a season by telling an awful joke. What's that? Stand aside, Jackson. It's me, Prince Charming. Phil! Phil! All you ladies in the audience can sit down now. <laughs> Phil, what kind of an entrance was that? Well, this is the first show, Jackson. You gotta come on big. Harris ain't the modest type. I ain't no stinking violet. That's shrinking! <laughs> But we'll leave it your way. <laughs> anyway, I'm glad to see you, Phil. Hello, Phil. Oh, hello, Donzie. Hey, gosh, Jackson, I haven't seen you all summer. Come here, you pretty thing, you. <laughs> oh, you dub. Let me slap you on the back. Phil, please. Now, come here, now. Come over. <laughs> Thanks, Phil. You cleaned out my other ear. <laughs> Holy smoke, where'd you get all that water? It's nothing, nothing. By the way, Phil, you look awfully well. You must have taken pretty good care of yourself this summer. Yeah, I took it easy, Jackson. I loafed around home for a while, and then I had to go to Atlantic City for the bathing beauty contest. Oh, were you one of the judges? No, I was Miss Encino. <laughs> Phil, how could you be Miss Encino? That's where I live. 
What? It was either me or Alice, and I was going east anyway. <laughs> well, better luck, uh, luck next year, Phil, but don't tell me that's all you did all summer. <laughs> no, well, just before coming back to work, I thought I'd better get a little rest, so I spent three glorious weeks at the Frankfurt Distillery. Frankfurt Distillery? Yeah, what scenery? I can imagine it. I sent you a postcard, Jackson, but the mailman drank it. <laughs> That's what I like about you, Bill. Entering a beauty contest, vacationing in a distillery. You and Duz will do anything. <laughs> Only Duz does it with water. <laughs> hey, that's pretty good, isn't it? <laughs> Say, Phil, talking about jokes, ask me the name of my yacht. Okay, Dunsey, what's the name of your yacht? <laughs> I call it the Girdle because it takes a lot no, of... No, 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 Dunsey, no, no, not that oldie. Save it till next Sunday. Why? Because that's Columbus Day and Columbus told it to Jackson. <laughs> now, wait a minute. Look, fellas, we're starting a new season, so let's not hooray, start... Hooray, hooray for the Yankees! Hooray for the New York Yankees! Dinner! <laughs> Dennis, what are you so happy about? The Yankees lost today. I know. I bet on the Dodgers. <laughs> oh, oh, well, that's different. How much did you bet? $18 million. <laughs> Dennis, are you crazy? How can you make a bet like that? $18 million. I couldn't resist. They gave me nine to five. <laughs> Now, Dennis, I don't want all that silly talking here. Nine to five, 18 million dollars. Anybody give you a bet like that must have two heads. Oh, you know him? <laughs> yes, yes, I know him. The three of us play pinochle together. Now, come on, Dennis. As long as you're here, let's have your song. Huh? Okay, but wait till I say hello to Don. I haven't seen him for four months. Hello, Don. Hello, Dennis. Now, Mr. Benny... Dennis, aren't you going to say hello to Phil? Oh, I saw him in Atlantic City. <laughs> Phil, roll down your pants legs. The contest is over. Miss Encino. Now, come on. Come on, Dennis. Let's have your song. Okay. Wait a minute. Come in. Mr. Benny, as this is your opening broadcast, I came here to we tell you... We cut you at rehearsal. Oh... Poor fellow, I should have told him. He bought a tuxedo and everything. <laughs> Go ahead. Flower filled with sweet. 
sung by Dennis Day and accompanied by naughty Miss Encino. <laughs> and Dennis, I must tell you that your voice is better than ever. You know, Dennis, most singers have to study, vocalize constantly and exercise their diaphragm to attain such rich, vibrant, tonal quality. What do you do? I gargle. <laughs> well, I guess that's good, too, you know. But your voice sounds... Oh, Jack, look, look, here comes Mary. Well, it's about time. <laughs> wow. Hey, what a reception, Mary. Everybody's happy that you're back. You know? I'm happy, too, and gee, it's good to see all you fellas again. Yeah. I'm going to give each one of you a nice big kiss. Come on, Don. Right here, Mary. Phil? Here I am, Livy. Make me forget about the South. <laughs> Dennis? Come on, Livy. Make me forget about Miss Encino. <laughs> Here you are. And now you, Jack. Oh, Mary, not in front of all these people. Oh, come here. I'm going to kiss you. Oh, all right. Hmm. Gee, old faithful. <laughs> Jack, what in the world was that? Oh, I just brought back a little water from Catalina. You know? Oh, Jack, you always have to bring home souvenirs. Last time it was towels. Mary, when did you ever see me walk out of a hotel with a towel? The time your pants didn't come back and we had to catch a train. <laughs> well, that was an emergency. I had to wear that towel. <laughs> What are you laughing at? You made me call your mother so you wouldn't look silly. All right, all right. Mother wore towels. 
just until my pants came back. Anyway, Mary, I'm so glad to see you. I don't care what you say. I am too, Mary, and you look absolutely gorgeous in that new dress. Well, thank you, Don. It is a lovely dress, Mary, but isn't it unusual coming to a broadcast with a bare midriff? This isn't a bare midriff. Phil still has his arm around me. <laughs> still, still, still? I thought it was a kind of a funny place for a tattoo. U.S. Navy. <laughs> Well, put your coat on. Say, Mary, are you going in for that new style? You know, the long skirts that all the girls are wearing? Well, Don, I haven't made up my mind yet, but on some types, they do look very attractive. Well, maybe so, Mary, but I don't think I like them. Then why'd you let the hem out of your nightgown? <laughs> I didn't let the hem out. I added more lace. <laughs> I can go along with a gag, sister. Now, Mary, stop being silly. Yes, Livy, refrain from that raucous injecture of extraneous spontaneity. Yes, be a little... Phil. Philzy. Would you mind saying that once more? Oh, no, you don't, Buster. If you want to hear it again, listen in to the repeat show. I thought it was an accident. Anytime you use words of more than one syllable... Entree. Shut up! <laughs> Come in. Telegram for Jack Benny. Oh, thanks. Thanks, boy. Here's a tip for you. Here. Thanks. Say, Jack, what kind of a tip was that? Yeah, you gave the boy a nickel and a copy of the Cosmopolitan magazine. Well, you see, there's a story about me in this month's Cosmopolitan. <laughs> well, what about the nickel? After he reads what they say about me, that nickel will look like a thousand dollars. I know what I'm doing. Hey, Jackson, who's the wire from? I don't know. Read it, Mary. Okay. Oh, Jack, it's from Fred Allen. Tear it up. I will not. <laughs> All right. <laughs> what does it say? Always <laughs> laugh. It says, Dear Jack, I just read that you're going back on the air for Lucky Strike. What's lucky about it? <laughs> Mary, let me ask you something. Do you think that wire was funny? Yes, Jack. I think anything Fred Allen's does is funny. Oh, you do, eh? I do, too, Jack. I thought you would. Now, look, fellas, we go through this every year. It's about time you admitted that I'm a much better comedian than Fred Allen. All right, Jackson, all right. If it'll make you happy, we'll admit it. You're the greatest comedian in radio. That settles it. I like Jack Parr. <laughs> Dennis, we're not discussing Jack Parr. Although now that you brought up his name, I think Parr is a very clever fellow. He's bright, witty, and sophisticated. Now, let's... He's young, too. <laughs> well, that's right. He is young, but age means nothing in show business. After all, age is a funny thing. I don't know. I remember when I was eight, I wanted to be 18. When I was 18, I wanted to be 28. When I was 28, I wanted to be 38. And now that I'm 38... <laughs> I, I don't know what I want to be. You've been there long enough to make up your mind. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I know. Anyway, I think that Jack Parr is... Hey, what's that? Who's that marching in here? Jack, look, it's your quartet. My quartet? Yeah, the sportsman. Well, what do you know? Mr. Benny, here we come. Right back where we started from We're happy, so happy just to be back We 
with lackeys, those lackeys round and firm and fully packed, and who know we'll all agree, that's the smoke for you and me, good old L-S-M-F-T, Mr. Benny, here we They would come over on my opening show. What do you mean, Jack? They had to come over. They still work for you. You mean they're going to be with me another year? How did that happen? Why, don't you remember? You signed them to a contract at Catalina with an underwater pen. <laughs> oh, yes, they fooled me. They came down their dresses mermaids. <laughs> mermaids? Yeah, I like a fool wanted to marry one of them. I thought I'd save money on nylon. <laughs> Oh, well, if I'd have signed them, I guess I'm stuck with them. But they better watch themselves. That's all I got to say. Oh, what are you complaining about, Jack? They put a little life into the show, didn't they? Well, here in the studio, yes. But I wonder how the program is coming over to the listening audience. I'm going to call Rochester and find out. Oh, Mabel. What is it, Gertrude? <laughs> Mr. Benny's line is flashing. Yeah, I wonder what gray narcissus wants now. <laughs> I don't know. I'll find out. Yes, Mr. Benny. At your home? I'll see if I can get him. He wants I should get Rochester. <laughs> Gee, Gertrude, here it is, autumn already, and it seems like only yesterday that Mr. Benny went off the air. Yeah. You know, Mabel, I saw him this summer when I went on my vacation to Catalina. You did? Yeah. And once I went out with him. But I left him after half hour. Why? How long can I stay underwater? <laughs> you mean you were underwater with Jack Benny for a half hour? Yeah, and was I embarrassed. Some people went over us with a glass-bottom boat. <laughs> Embarrassed? Did Mr. Benny kiss you? Yeah, and I got a mouthful of pennies. <laughs> How do you like that? And he's supposed to be such a big radio star. You know what, Gertrude? I've been thinking of going on the radio, too. I have a wonderful idea for a quiz program. A quiz program? Yeah. Take it or drop dead. <laughs> well, you can have it. As far as I'm concerned, there are too many peculiar people in radio now. You said it. Yeah. It's just like that song. There's no business like schmo business. <laughs> Ain't it the truth? 
Uh, yes, I'm sorry, Mr. Benny. I'll get him right now. Hello, Duffy's Tavern, where the elite meets eat. Duffy ain't here. Rochester, it's me. Oh, 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 hello, boys. Rochester, what do you mean answering the phone like that? Duffy's Tavern. One of your writers has got two shows. <laughs> Not anymore, he hasn't. <laughs> I've been trying to get you on the phone. What were you doing? I was listening to your program, boys. That's what I called you about. How's my program coming over? Well... Well what? You want me to water it a little, or will you take it straight? <laughs> I'll take it straight. I've got the water. Now tell me, what, what, did you, what do you think of the show? Well, it started out slow. Uh-huh. Then it sagged a little. Uh-huh. Then it speeded up. Well... Then it speeded up a lot. Good. Then it made a U-turn. <laughs> a U-turn? Back to sag. <laughs> what? Then the sag sag. <laughs> Rochester. And unless you've got a dynamite finish, I'll meet you in Catalina. <laughs> Rochester, stop being silly. We mon, Captain. Cut a boo that out. And Rochester, my first program couldn't be as bad as you thought. Rochester, what was that? Mr. Coleman just threw his radio out. <laughs> threw his radio out the window? <laughs> what are you laughing at? Every year, a little fiction and we have another radio. Yeah, well, Rochester, I'm sure that the program couldn't be that bad. Anyway, I'll see you right after the show. Okay. By the way, Rochester, what are we having for dinner tonight? Food, you're working again. <laughs> oh, yes, yes. Goodbye, Rochester. So long, boss. Jack will be back in a minute, but first... When you buy, keep your eye on the red bullseye. Keep your eye on the red bullseye. Keep your eye on Lucky Strike. L-S-M-F-T. Lucky Strike means fine tobacco, and fine tobacco is what counts in a cigarette. Lucky Strike presents The Man Who Knows, Mr. Joe Burnett, ace tobacco auctioneer of Buffalo Springs, Virginia. Recently, he said, Year after year, I've seen the makers of Lucky Strike buy a fine, light, fragrant tobacco that makes a grand smoke. And that's not all, for as Mr. Burnett also said, I've smoked Luckies myself for 16 years. And as Lucky Strike smokers say, That's my kind of a cigarette. Real smooth smoking. So when you buy, keep your eye on the red bullseye. Keep your eye on Lucky Strike. And remember, L-S-M-F-T, Lucky Strike means fine tobacco. So smoke that smoke of fine tobacco, Lucky Strike. So round, so firm, so fully packed, so free and easy on the draw. Yes, when you buy, keep your eye on the red bullseye. Keep your eye on Lucky Strike. Good night, folks. See you next Sunday. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company.
save your hair, use pitch shampoo. The F.W. Fitch Company, makers of Fitch Shampoo, presents the Fitch Bandwagon with Elliot Lewis, Janine Roos, Ann Whitfield, Robert North, yours truly, Bill Foreman, and starring Alice Faye and Phil Harris. <laughs> October's the month, fifth day. Hear what Fitch is giving away. Here it is, October 5th. Tell the folks about it, Bill. <laughs> Announcing Fitch's new cream shampoo. To introduce Fitch's new cream shampoo, and for our many friends who use dandruff remover shampoo, the Fitch Company, together with Phil and Alice, has arranged four big weekly contests. Each week's prizes include... <laughs> One new Fraser Manhattan four-door sedan. One new Kaiser sedan. Five Universal Electric Rangers. Three Amana Home Freezers. Two Voss Electric Washing Machines. Thirty Universal Electric Blankets. Easy to win. Here's all you do. Try Fitch's Cream Shampoo. It's quick to lather, quick to rinse. See how it leaves your hair far softer, shinier. That's because it's made with both lanolin and olive oil. Yes, lanolin to soften, olive oil to bring out those sparkling highlights. Then, in 25 additional words or less, complete this statement. I like Fitch's cream shampoo with lanolin and olive oil because... Or, write about Fitch's dandruff remover shampoo. In 25 words or less, complete this statement. I like Fitch's dandruff remover shampoo because... That's all you do. It's easy. Just attach entry to carton top from Fitch's dandruff remover shampoo or the round seal under jar lid of Fitch's cream shampoo or facsimile. Mail with your name and address to Fitch Shampoo, Box 1723, Chicago, Illinois. First contest closes next Sunday midnight. More details later in the program. Remember, 42 prizes a week for you. Just tell why you like Fitch Shampoo. Wednesday night, the Harris family returned to their home in Encino, California after a prolonged summer vacation, which incidentally cost Phil plenty. As we look in on the Harris home, it's Thursday morning and Phil is just coming down for breakfast. Smoke, smoke, smoke that cigarette. Smoke, 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 and if you LSMFT... Oh, good morning, Alice. Good morning, Phil. Oh, what happened to your hair? It's a mess. It is a mess, and it's all your fault. I asked you how I could keep my waves in place during the night, and you told me to wear a nightcap. Well, what's wrong with wearing a nightcap? It's very sloppy. All night long, the ginger ale kept dripping in my eyes. <laughs> oh, Phil, I'm glad you're finally awake. I want to talk to you. Okay, honey, what's it all about? Well, about the reckless way you spent money on our vacation. The things you bought were ridiculous, like that $100 bathing suit you got for me. Well, that bathing suit was worth it. It was covered with sequins, and I had them sewed on especially for you. Yes, but did they have to spell out, keep your distance, bub, the contents of this is the property of Phil Harris? <laughs> you know something? There's no stopping this kid ever since they reissued Alexander's Ragtime Band. <laughs> oh, you witty little ingenue, you. Uh, now, no, Phil, I'm serious. The way you threw money around on our vacation was outrageous. Nobody got less than a $10 tip. And you gave the porter $50 when we first arrived at the hotel. Well, I had to give him that. He carried my trunk up. But 
Why did you have to give him $50 to carry one trunk up? Because if I hadn't, he would have dropped it and busted every bottle in it. <laughs> and you know I need those bottles of Fitch to keep my hair free from dandruff. <laughs> Phil, your wild spending has got to stop. It's time you save something for the children's future. Phyllis and baby Alice are growing up, and... Well, if you keep this up, you'll go through your money in no time. Stop worrying, honey. We ain't even halfway through yours yet. <laughs> hey, look, we'll talk about this later. You know, I got to get downtown and see my pals. Gee whiz, I haven't seen them all summer. But, Phil, this is important. Oh, excuse me while I answer the door. I'm out here, Mommy. I'll answer it. Thanks, Phyllis. It's probably William. I asked him to come over and talk to you about... Well, I don't want to talk to that brother of yours. You ask him to come over. Ask him to come over. Just because you sent him through Harvard Business School, he talks down to me. <laughs> what a square that guy is. He looks like the groom on top of a wedding cake. Good morning, Alice. Good morning, Philip. Philip. <laughs> Now, you listen to me, Jughead. How many times do I have to tell you my name ain't Philip? It's Phil. F-I-L. Phil. <laughs> Phil. F-I-L. Oh, well, for you, that's not bad. <laughs> Alice, following our discussion, I've worked out a savings plan for your uh, husband, if you'll pardon the expression. <laughs> We'll limit Philip to so much a day by putting him on a budget. A budget? Now, wait a minute, oh, honey. Oh, that's a wonderful idea, William. Phil, I don't know what we'd do with that, William. Well, let's throw him out and test it. <laughs> now, look, kids, I'm not interested in no budget. Nobody asks you, Philip. I've worked out a very liberal budget for you. You're allowed 15 cents a day for cigarettes, 30 cents for bus fare, 35 cents for lunch, and 5 cents for a tip. <laughs> Five cents for a tip? That adds up to 85 cents. But I'm going to be big about it and allow you a dollar a day. That gives you 15 cents extra to spend as you please. <laughs> Ain't that ducky. <laughs> I can just see myself going up to my bookie and telling him I want to put 15 cents across the board. <laughs> Hey, look, Alice, let's cut out this stuff. I can't live on a buck a day. It's for your own good. It'll teach you the value of money. Why, why even you must admit you're not very frugal. That's a lie. I'm as frugal as anybody, and even frugaler. <laughs> At times. Now, look, Alice, this budget is going to ruin my reputation as a generous guy. That's the trouble. You're too generous. And if you don't change your mode of living, you and your whole family are apt to wind up destitute. That, what do you mean? Well, if you keep going through your money at the rate you're going now, you'll be broke in no time. Your monetary status will be nil, and you'll be completely bereft of financial... Wait a minute, status. Buster. Don't go switching languages on me in the middle of a sentence. Very well, I'll put it in your vernacular. I can see you in a few years from now, and it's not a very pretty picture. You're broke. You've gone Mommy, through... can Phyllis and I go over to... Quiet, children. Your Uncle William is talking. As I was saying, Philip, you're broke, you haven't got a cent, nobody wants you. You've lost your job with Jack Benny. I have? Not only that, there's no food for your family. There ain't. And Alice has to go to work to support you. She does? <laughs> that party likes. Yeah. 
And worst of all, you're bankrupt. And your children have to go to work in a sweatshop. Oh, cut it out, will you? Cut it out. No matter what you say, I ain't going on no budget. I told you he wouldn't, Alice. He's just a weakling. Oh, Phil, I'm disappointed in you. You haven't any willpower. Did you say I ain't got no willpower? No. No, but I'll try it that way. You ain't got no willpower. <laughs> That's very natural for you. You do that well. Thank you. Now, look, that does it. I'm going to go on this budget just to show you that I have got willpower. But look, I'm going to need more than a buck a day. Well, perhaps that should be increased. Come on, William. Let you and I go into the den and revise the budget. Revise the budget, revise the budget. Okay, but you better hurry it up. I want to get downtown. I'm going upstairs and get my jacket. Phyllis, did you hear what Uncle William said to Mommy and Daddy? We're bankrupt. Do you know what that means? Yeah, we ain't got no dough. <laughs> Stop talking like Daddy. Phyllis, this is serious. Daddy's lost his job and there's no food in the house. Yeah, and we have to go to work in a sweatshop. Alice, what's a sweatshop? Phyllis, Mother said little ladies don't use that word. Little ladies say perspiration. All right. We're gonna work in a perspiration shop. <laughs> well, this isn't funny. We're in an awful predicament. I don't know what we're going to do. Oh, I think this will work out nicely, William. This $5 a day budget is more reasonable. If Phil sticks to it, I'll be the happiest girl in the world. Well, I think it's too much, but you're the boss. Well, I have to run along now, Alice. Goodbye, dear. Goodbye, William. Oh, I never thought I'd get Phil to consent to a budget. He makes a lot of noise, but he's really a sweet guy. This is a very happy day for me. What a day this has been What a rare mood I'm in Why, it's almost like being in love There's a smile on my face For the whole human race Why, it's almost like being in love All the music of life seems to be Like a bell that is ringing for me and from the way that I feel when that bell starts to peal I would swear I was falling I would swear I was falling it's almost like being in Well, look, Alice, I'm ready to go downtown now. How much has William decided to give me for my daily allowance? Five dollars. And please stick to it, Phil. Don't weaken. Five bucks still ain't enough. Don't you realize I... Now, I wonder who that is. Oh, it must be Frankie, your guitar player. I see his car out front. Okay, don't worry about it. I'll let him in. Now, look. Don't tell Frankie about this budget or I'll never hear the end of it. All right, but remember, if he tries to borrow money from you, tell him you can't afford okay, it. Okay, okay, I'll tell him. To hear her talk, you'd think all Frankie came over for was to borrow dough. These women. She don't realize that he's a pal. He ain't interested in me for my money. Hiya, Frankie. Hey, Curly, can I put the bite on you for 200 bucks? <laughs> the least you could do is say hello first. You haven't seen me all summer. 
Aren't you going to ask me how I am? How are you? Now, when you get to 200, I'm in a hurry. <laughs> Not so fast. You're always borrowing dough from me. What do you do with it? Look, I don't ask you where you get it. Don't ask me what I do with it. <laughs> well, I see your point. We've got to respect each other's confidence. <laughs> sure. Now, would you quit stalling Curly and get me to 200 clams? Look, Frankie, I... I... Well, I can't do it. I'm sorry, but I can't lend you the money. That's gratitude for you. To think I gave you first crack at lending me the dough. <laughs> you know, I don't need you. I can go to the bank and take the money out. <laughs> Except that I don't like to do that. Why not? They might catch me. <laughs> Look, Frankie, will you please try and see it my way? I'd like to loan you the money. The... Well, I just can't. Never mind. I think my bosom pal would turn me down in my time of need. Well, without the money, I just can't go on. There's only one thing for me to do. Going down to the river, cut a hole in the ice, throw myself in. No, Frankie, no, now don't do that. Please, I don't want to... Hey, wait a minute. What ice? The river won't freeze over for four months yet. I'll wait. <laughs> so long, Piker. Oh, so long. Harris turned me down. It's a calamity. Never thought I'd live to see the day when I'd have to start spending my own dough. <laughs> hello, Uncle Frankie. Oh, hello, kid. Hey, you look awful unhappy. We just found out our daddy lost all his money. What are you talking about? Daddy lost his job and we haven't any food. I can't believe that Harris is broke. Maybe I ought to go in and ask him if he's still got his money. After all, Curly's my best friend. No, I better not ask him. If he really is broke, who am I to interfere with a stranger? <laughs> He might even try to put the bite on me. <laughs> oh, what a nauseating thought. I better get out of here. Sorry I came downtown at all. Three of my best pals tried to borrow some money and I had to turn them down. Every time I start to weaken, I seem to hear Alice's voice. Oh, nuts. I ain't gonna let her handpeck me. I'm not gonna stick to this budget. Don't weaken, Phil. Don't weaken. How do you like that? Nagging by remote control. <laughs> oh, what's the use? I guess I'm gonna have Hiya, to... Hiya, Phil. Oh, hello, Mickey. Boy, am I glad I run into you. I got a horse going today and he can't miss. He can't. Nah, he's a cinch. He's a 30 to 1 shot, and if we each put five bucks on him, we'll clean up. Hey, 30 to 1, huh? Yeah. Gee, that is too good to miss. Hey, yeah. let's go over and see the bookie. Bill, I'm disappointed in you. You have no willpower. I have to. You have to what? <laughs> nothing. Look, Mickey, nothing. I thought I, I, thought I heard something. I don't know. I, look, come on, let's make that bet. You are a weakling, just as my brother said. Ah, oh, your brother's a jerk. <laughs> if that's the way you feel about it, your brother's a jerk, too. 
Look, are you going to bet or not? I got a real hot tip for you. You won't bet, Phil. I have faith in you, darling. I could kiss you for that, honey. <laughs> You'll throw and I'll punch you right in the nose, sweetheart. <laughs> hey, now look, Mickey, I've changed my mind. I ain't making a bet. Well, it's just as well. I wouldn't make no bet with nobody as batty as you. I'm not batty. I was just talking to Alice. Yeah. <laughs> you was talking to Alice? Well, so long, kid. Who are you tipping your hat to? Alice. I don't want her to think I'm rude. <laughs> oh, brother, this guy's so far off the beam, even radar couldn't get him back. <laughs> I gotta find out what happened to him. Hello. Hello, Frankie. This is Mickey. What's wrong with Harris? You're the fourth one to call and ask me that. There's something wrong with him. He refused to bet on a horse, and he's going around talking to himself. <laughs> well, then it must be true. Look, Mickey, the guy's broken. We got to do something about it. I got an idea. Round up all your pals and get them over to the Musicians' Union Hall tonight. I'll make a few phone calls. <laughs> Hello, American Federation of Musicians and Racing Form Reading Room. <laughs> See, you still got your laryngitis, Artie. Oh, hiya, Frankie. What's new? Haven't you heard? Phil Harris is washed up in show business. Yeah, but what's new? <laughs> this is serious. The guy's so broke, I'm arranging a benefit for him, and I want to use the union hall tonight. Sure, I'll take care of everything. Good. Good. I'll call some more of Phil's pals. <laughs> Hello? This is the Vine Street Social Uplifters and Floating Crap Game Association. <laughs> Duke, this is Frankie. Look, I just found out Phil and Alice are broke, so we're holding a benefit for them tonight at Union Hall. I want you to round up the gang while I call Phil and Alice and get them down there. Now, they won't show up. They got too much pride to accept charity. Well, I won't let them know it's for them. I'll let them think the benefit's for somebody else. <laughs> Hello, Alice. Oh, I'm glad you finally got home, Phil. Frankie just called. He wants us downtown tonight to entertain at a benefit. A benefit? For who? Well, he didn't say. It's somebody in show business who's broke and needs help. I told him we'd go. Well, sure, if it's somebody in show business, we'll go. But how can a guy let himself get into such a spot like that? Believe me, that'll never happen to me. Nobody's going to have to throw no benefit for Harris. Not if you stick to your budget, they won't. Did you stick to it today? Get lost, books. Get lost. <laughs> you in here again? Yes, I stuck to it, but believe me, it's no fun. I know, but remember, Philip, perseverance and self-denial will always prevail. Temptation may be set one, but strength of character will see one through to ultimate victory. A man of integrity... Ah, shut up! <laughs> Frankie, this is a swell benefit. The food and drinks was wonderful. I wonder what's keeping Phil and Alice. I can't hold this mob here much longer. Hey, ain't that Phil and Alice coming in? Yeah. Hey, now remember, folks, no cracks to him about who this benefit's for. Oh, hello, Frankie. Sorry we're late. Yeah. It was unavoidable. We had to wait for the bus. That's my brother-in-law, ain't he a cliff? Had to wait for the bus. 
Oh, what a card. I married into this, too, right? Hey, Frankie. Huh? Uh, you got quite a turnout here. Say, uh, I've been wondering, who's this benefit for anyway? Do, uh, do I happen to know the poor guy? Uh, yeah, Curly. You might say somebody you're very fond of. <laughs> he, he's a band leader. He's got a beautiful blonde wife and a couple of kids. Gee, to think this could happen to Harry James. <laughs> It ain't Harry James. Now, quiet. I'm the master of ceremonies. I got to get this thing started. All right, quiet, everybody. Quiet, please. Shut up! Folks, we're here to take up a collection for a fella. Uh, that is. Well, a guy. Uh. What I mean to say. Wait a minute, wait a minute, Frankie. Stop it, will you? Let me handle this. You sound like a road company of Georgie Jessel. What an MC you turned out to be Let me handle this and I'll get some dough for this guy Now quiet, everybody <laughs> Fellows and brother musicians We're here tonight to raise dough For a poor, broken-down bum <laughs> But Bill, quiet a performer's on Now this poor schmo had a wife and two kids Who were starving <laughs> And we've got to think of those kids Personally, I got no sympathy for the guy Because if he let a thing like that happen He must be pretty much of a crumb You said it, Phil Thanks, honey <laughs> Now, of course, I shouldn't be too harsh with this guy Maybe he's through in show business Because he ain't got no talent Maybe it's because he's just plain stupid Maybe that's it That's it <laughs> Then again, the guy probably ain't got no help from his wife Frankie says she used to be a singer, a singer her voice was so bad, they stoned her off the runway at Minsky's. <laughs> Frankie says she's a beautiful blonde. He's just being kind. She's probably an old crow who's trying to keep young and spends all his dough buying peroxide. <laughs> but disregardless of these two... <laughs> we gotta help their kids. Now, I know you guys won't let them down because you're all show business. And believe me, we should be very proud of our show business because... You take the butcher, the baker, the grocer, the clerk. Now, they're secretly unhappy men because the grocer, the butcher, the clerk, and those guys, they get money but no applause. Now, they would gladly kiss those jobs goodbye if they could be in something theatrical, and here's why. Because there's no business like show business, like no business I know. Traveling through the country, gee, how thrilling. Standing out in front on opening nights Watching that theater while it's filling And there's your billing right there in lights Phil Harris, supported by Alice Faye <laughs> Oh, how sweet it is There's no people like show people Why they sing when they are low Why yesterday they told you you would not go far That night you open and there you are Joe Frisco and friends And right upon your dressing room They've hung a star So let's go on with the show Thank you, fellas, I deserve it <clears throat> And now for the contribution uh, Phil, wait a minute, there's something I gotta tell you Now wait a minute, Frankie, will you lay off a minute And I'll get some moo out of this crowd 
Leave me alone a minute. Okay, folks. Now, who's going to make the first generous donation for this poor family? I'll give 35 cents. Thank you, Jack Benny. <laughs> Don't laugh. It looked like him. For he that he'd be, better be generous for him. I'll give a buck. A buck and a quarter. Wait a minute. A buck, a buck and a quarter. The guy needs real dough. He's entitled to a break. The guy's led a clean life. He never bet on a horse, never took a drink. Come on now, dig down and shell out. I'll give $500. That's my sweet, generous wife that said that. Oh, yes, sir. If you can give $500, honey, so can I. Hold it, Curly. You two are so broke, how can you afford to give 1000 bucks at your own benefit? My own benefit? What's the matter with you, wise guy? My own benefit. What kind of a gag is this? What makes you think I need a benefit? Your kids told me you were broke. You lost your job. There's no food in the house. Well, no you... Food. Oh, Frankie, there's been a mistake. The children must have understood our, uh, misunderstood our conversation we were having with my brother. Phil's not broke. Of course I'm not broke. You should be so broke as we are. What are you talking about? <laughs> Broke. Why, this is the worst thing I ever humiliated, and I... And you, you're... <laughs> I never... Well, wait a minute. Gee whiz, it's kind of nice to know that... Gee, that if I was broke, that, that I'd have so many friends to come down here and help me, and had you got it up, huh, Frankie? Gee, I'm really, really touched about the whole thing. <laughs> She was just to think that my pals love me enough that they oh, would... Oh, Phil, stop crying. Well... <laughs> Philip, I'm disappointed in you. Instead of sticking to your budget, you let these vulgar musicians talk you into giving $500. Lay off of me, files. <laughs> I don't have to give the dough. It ain't costing me nothing. And what's more, I'm still on my budget. And another thing, don't go picking on musicians. They're gentlemen. They have feelings for you. And they have a heart for you. We also have a bill for you. $1,500. For the cost of the benefit. $1,500. Let me see that bill. Yeah. Rental of hall, $200. Drinks, $845. Food, $4.22. Well, I know the president asked us to save food, but this is ridiculous. Look, Curly, don't examine the bill. Just pay it. All right, all right. I'll pay for it. You guys have made me very happy. Gee whiz, to think that a thing like this could happen to me. You guys are big-hearted enough to throw this benefit for me. I'll show you I can be as big-hearted and pay for it. I'll make you a check out right now. Pay to the order of Frankie Remley, $1,500. Thanks, I'll take it. Not so fast. Alice hasn't signed the check. <laughs> Alice and Phil will be back in just a moment. 42 prizes a week for you. Just tell why you like Fit Shampoo. That's right. And remember, everybody, first contest closes next Saturday midnight, October the 11th, so please enter tonight. Simply tell in 25 words or less why you like either Fitch's Cream Shampoo or Fitch's Dandruff Remover Shampoo. And mail your entry with your name and address to Fit Shampoo, Box 1723, Chicago, Illinois. That's Fit Shampoo, Box 1723, Chicago, Illinois. You can send any number of entries, each on plain sheet of paper. To each, attach the round seal under the jar lid of Fitch's cream shampoo or carton top from Fitch's dandruff remover shampoo or facsimile. 
Remember, each week's prizes include... One Fraser Manhattan sedan, one Kaiser sedan, five Universal Electric Rangers, three Amana home freezers, two Voss Electric washing machines, 30 Universal Electric blankets. The Reuben H. Donnelly Corporation, Chicago, will judge all entries on originality, sincerity, and aptness of thought. Duplicate prizes for ties, judges' decisions final. No entries returned, all become property of Fitch. Any person in United States or Canada may enter, except employees of Fitch, their advertising agency, and their families. To win in first week's contest, enter now. Entries received after Saturday midnight judged in following week's contest. Complete rules at drug counters. First car winners announced on this program October 19th. Good night, everybody. Hey, look, and don't forget to get in there and really try for those big prizes, and please do it tonight. Try Fitch's Cream Shampoo. Enter first contest before Saturday midnight. Win a Fraser Manhattan or Kaiser Sedan. 42 prizes a week for you. Just tell why you like Fitch Shampoo. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company. Well, hello again. This is Buck Benny speaking. Welcome to our first episode of the Jack Benny Show from the 1937-1938 season. We get a chance to spend some more quality time, of course, with Kenny Baker, who I just um, love to hear perform, and, and uh, I'm just glad we have these early seasons that survive so we can hear Kenny Baker's bit and see how similar he is to Dennis and how different. Uh, we also get on this episode a chance to have uh, Abe Lyman as our guest conductor that uh, will be on the show. And whenever Abe's on, I just love what they've done with his character to be this rough and tumble guy that uh, Jack always feels threatened by. And there's always some great comedy going on there. Uh, I, I always It always astounds me how the writers and Jack would uh, take somebody who the audience didn't know all that well and really develop a nice character for that person. And like in the case of Abe Lyman, they use it for years to come. They can keep every time he's a guest on the show and they need a conductor and he can substitute in, uh, they can play with this whole persona that they've created over time um, of this tough character. So it's a lot of fun. Uh, the other thing about the show I thought I'd mention is, of course, we don't get Phil Harris. Um, but, as a bonus, if you've been following last week and this week, you'll get a chance uh, to hear um, Phil Harris at the Coconut Grove. Uh, we have I've been presenting those the last couple of weeks. So tonight, um, besides the Jack Benny show, we'll also have um, one of Phil's Coconut Grove performances from the 1932-1933 season, so from 80 years ago. Uh, so that's kind of fun. Uh, Phil was doing that, uh, performing at the Coconut Grove at the exact same time that Jack Benny was just starting his radio show in 1932. So um, kind of neat that these 
recording survive of Phil Harris at the Coconut Grove. Um, so have fun listening to that. Have fun listening to tonight's show of Jack Benny. And uh, this week I'm excited for this upcoming week because uh, we start almost all of our Jack Benny shows and our all of our uh, fall lineup really gets put in place. So you're going to have a great week. Anyway, thanks so much, and we'll see you next time. The Jell-O Program, starring Jack Benny with Mary Livingston and Phil Harris and his orchestra. The orchestra opens a program with Jerome Kern's High, Wide, and Handsome from the picture of the same name. here we are back again beginning our fourth year on the air for jello we're mighty happy to be back and we hope you're happy too we hope you like our shows better than ever before and we know you like jello better than ever because jello is being improved all the time experts in the jello laboratories are working constantly to make jello always more delicious to bring you richer fruit flavors more luscious than ever and glowing colors fresh and bright to make jello more attractive to look at and more appetizing to taste but remember, if you want to get the real thing, insist on genuine Jell-O. For Jell-O brings you that wonderful extra-rich fruit flavor which simply cannot be topped. Look for the big red letters on the box. They spell Jell-O. played by Phil Harris and his orchestra. And now, ladies and gentlemen, after a holiday of 13 weeks, we bring you a man whose vacation is over, and so is yours, Jack Benny. Hey, gee, I can't be that good. <laughs> Hello again, this is Jack Benny talking, full of pep and raring to go. You know, Don, it feels so good to be back in the studio with the old gang. Yeah, I'm even happy to see this silly old microphone. Hello, Mike. Hello, Jack. <laughs> well, Don, oh, isn't it good? I don't know whether I... Don, I don't know whether I ought to tell you this or not, but on my 13-week vacation, I don't know of anyone I've missed as much as you. Well, thanks, Jack. I've missed you, too. Yeah, I'm sure glad to see you. Gee, if you were Loretta Young, I'd kiss you. <laughs> But really, Don, I've never seen you in better shape. You look so rested. So do you, Jack. And you, you look so healthy. Oh, you do too, Jack. And you look so handsome. <laughs> did you, did you hear me, Don? Yes, thanks. Oh. oh. <laughs> I, 
Yes, I went too far there. <laughs> well, Jack, I'll tell me all about your trip to Europe. Did you have a good time? Don, I had the most marvelous time I've ever had in my life. It was more fun than a barrel of monkeys. And you know what they are. <laughs> I'll say. I tell you, Don, there's nothing like an ocean voyage for complete relaxation. I was so relaxed, I didn't eat for four days. <laughs> but it was great, though. 3,000 miles on the open seas. Weren't you scared? Oh, what's there to be scared of? You're on a big ocean liner. What could happen? Well, for one thing, the boat might sink. That's silly. I didn't even think of it. Well, that, that boat trip must have been good for you, Jack. You certainly put on a lot of weight. I did? Yes, especially around your waist. Around my... Oh, darn it, I forgot to take off my life belt. <laughs> Isn't that awful? Well, it's funny you never noticed it. Haven't you taken a bath? Yes, and I was wondering why I kept floating out of the top. <laughs> oh, I should have guessed. Well, Jack, now, what about Europe? Uh, what did you do? And where did you go? What about Europe? What'd you do? Where'd you go? Oh, I went all over, Don. I was in England, France, Italy, but the loveliest place I've ever seen in my life is Switzerland. What scenery. Beautiful, huh? Well, Don, it's the second Lake Arrowhead. <laughs> and those mountains, I just can't describe them. Yes, I've heard the Alps are gorgeous. Oh, they are. Well, Don, when I think of them, I could just yodel. Ole, ole, he. <laughs> Really, you should see those Alps with rippling streams, with wildflowers blooming and cheese growing all over the place. I've often wondered about that. Is there really so much cheese in Switzerland? Is there? Well, when a good rat dies, that's where he goes. <laughs> Isn't that a honey? But <laughs> well, of course, Don, there's only one place to really have fun, and that's Paris. Oh, so they say. Well, how did Paris strike you, Jack? fine, but I do wish I could have read French. It was so embarrassing. Uh, why? What happened? Oh, I kept going into wrong doors. So. <laughs> Don. Don, we won't carry on that one. Don, who do you think I bumped into in Paris? Who? <laughs> Uh, Mary, she went to Europe, too, the little copycat. She was mad about Paris. Oh, hello, Phil. Hiya, Jack. Glad to see you back again. Well, it's sure good to see you, Phil. I don't know of anyone I've missed as much as you. Thanks, Jack. Did you have a nice vacation, Phil? What'd you do this summer? Well, I put my band in mothballs. Yes. And then I went down to Texas on a fishing trip. Oh, a fishing trip. Did you have any luck? Well, I caught a 110-pound blonde in Galveston. Well, that was luck, huh? Yeah, but her father was a game warden, so I had to throw her back. That's <laughs> uh, too bad, Don. Say, Jack, I heard you telling Don about Europe. Did you make the trip alone? Uh, no, Phil, I went over with an uncle of mine. He's a swell fellow's traveled enough, you know, but the only trouble is he drinks. He drinks quite a bit. Oh, well, at least you had company, somebody to talk to. Oh, yes, yeah, if you can understand hiccups. <laughs> My uncle was the only passenger that was seasick and didn't know it. <laughs> what a guy. I meant to ask you, Jack, uh, what boat did you go over on? The Normandy. You ought to see it, Phil. Gee, it's gigantic. It looks like Don Wilson with funnel. Oh. Hey, wait a minute. Wait a minute. There. And, Phil, who do you think was on the same boat? Who? Marlene Dietrich. Right on the same boat. What no a girl. No kidding. And would you believe it, Phil, her cabin was only 20 miles from mine. <laughs> and I got bunions to prove it. <laughs> 
Hey, fellas, look, look who's here. Uh, bonjour, monsieur. Bonjour. Comment allez-vous ce soir? Well, well, well. Oh, how are you, Mary? Hello, Mary. Uh, Marie to you guys. Hmm. Mary, cut out that French. You're back home now. Gee, Mary, you're looking swell. Did you have any fun in Paris? Uh, wee wee. Wee wee. She was in the stores all the time. Oh, I bet you did a lot of shopping, huh, Mary? Uh, wee wee. Wee wee. Wee wee. Did you meet any cute fellas? Woo woo! <laughs> Stop showing off. I'm glad you didn't make the trip with me. So, so am I. I. Yeah. <laughs> well, what boat did you go over on? Uh, the Queen Mary Livingston. The Queen Mary Livingston? Yes, the captain told me I could say that. Oh, no. Oh, say, fellas, before I forget, I brought you all a little present from Paris. You did? What is it, Mary? Perfume. Perfume? <laughs> Just what we needed. <laughs> Speak for yourself, Phil. <laughs> Uh, come here, Don. Here's your bottle. It's called A Kiss in the Dark. Oh, thanks, Mary. And here's yours, Phil. It's called Love's Gardenia. Well, <laughs> quite romantic. What's mine, Mary? Dracula's Dream. <laughs> it's a fine name for a perfume. It also kills ants. <laughs> well, a double header. Some stuff. <laughs> Hey, hey, wait a minute, Mary. The bottle you gave me has a nipple on it. Oh, I gave you Kenny's. <laughs> anyway, Mary, it was nice of you to bring us perfume. And that's not all. You know what I brought for our audience? What? A poem. A poem? Well, that ought to smell, too. <laughs> you hear that, folks? A poem. You want to hear it? Huh? You want to hear it? What can they say? Well, boys, look like we're outnumbered. What's the title of it, Mary? Uh, Paris in the Springs. Paris and the Springs. Uh, yeah, I wrote it in bed. Oh, oh. well, let's hear it. All right. <coughs> <coughs> Starts out good. <laughs> I've just returned from dear old Paris, where life is gay and there are no carrots. Oh, no carrots. <laughs> some call it Paris, some Paris. Now, which is right? I'm up a tree. Up a tree? I'm doing the big apple. Oh. oh. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, with your good old Eiffel Tower, where friends you meet and say bon jour. And people poor and people rich, right across your London Bridge. Bridge. London Bridge is in London. Uh, well, I was there, too. Oh. Oh. <laughs> I, I adore you, Paris, France, where girls buy hats and men buy pants. And the whole world shouts hurrah for your patty, fooey gras. Mary, that's Patty Fogwa. It's fooey. I didn't like it. Oh. <laughs> well, I don't like the whole poem. <laughs> Your waiters with their fine behaviors serve the six delicious flavors. Flavors? Yes, the strawberries, the raspberries, the cherry orange, too. The lemon and the lime and the kesky vooly voo. Hey, Hera! What? See vous play, Phil. Merci beaucoup.
You're Breaking My Heart from Artists and Models. <clears throat> uh, played by uh, Phil Harris and his augmented orchestra. And Phil, you're right back in form again. Believe me, that number sounded plenty good. You think that's something? Wait till we learn it. <laughs> by the way, Phil, I notice you've enlarged your orchestra quite a bit this season. Uh, what have you added? Three violins and a cement mixer. <laughs> well, that's what I like. Something concrete in there, yeah. Hmm. Gee, three fiddles, too. <laughs> Funny, I was watching that middle fellow in particular. He seems to uh, employ the same technique on the violin that I do. I know, I'm letting him go tomorrow. <laughs> do that, do that, Phil. But look, Phil, I don't want to tell you your business. You know, I always hate to butt in, but I do think that those three violinists ought to have strings on their instruments. They should? Certainly. I told them that, but they talked me out of it. <laughs> well, you shouldn't be so easily swayed. Huh? But there's no question about it, Phil. Your orchestra has an added quality. What'd you think of the last number, Mary? And the cement mixer wasn't loud enough. Well, it's tired. I just finished a symphonic engagement at Boulder Dam. <laughs> Jack, look. Look who just came in. Who? How bite who? Kenny. Oh, it's me. Hello, everybody. <laughs> well, 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 cute. Hello, Kenny. Hello, Jack, old boy. Old boy? Well, it's another year. That's right. Well, Kenny, you're sure looking swell, and I shouldn't tell you this, but during my vacation in Europe... I don't know of anyone I've missed as much as you. Thanks, Jack. Next year, you can take me with you. No, I'd rather miss you. <laughs> Gee, I bet you had a swell time in Europe, Jack. You look so tan and dissipated. <laughs> Kenny, you should have been there, really. Did you get that postcard I sent you from Paris? Did I? Wow. <laughs> Kenny, that was a picture of a museum. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah. Jack, have you noticed how much Kenny has grown this summer? That's right, Don. He's getting to be a real young man, isn't he? Gee. Isn't he, Mary? He sure is, and he's better looking, too. Gosh, do you mean that, Mary? Uh-huh. Then give me a kiss. Oh, a fast worker, too. Uh, go ahead, Mary. You haven't seen Kenny all summer. Go no, on. I don't want to kiss him. Oh, go on. No. Oh, come on, Mary. Give him a kiss. What have you got to lose? My gum. <laughs> Well, you can get another stick. Come on, Mary. Come on, Mary, Mary, give it. Come on, oh, come on. It's only Kenny. Give him a kiss. Oh, no. He'll tell everybody. He will not. I will, too. <laughs> Isn't that awful? Come on, Mary. Quit stalling. You better hurry up or I'll get out of the mood. Oh, look. Look who's in the mood. Look. Look. <laughs> oh, all right. Come on, Kenny. Brace yourself. All set. All right. Camera. Well, how was it, Mary? He has grown. <laughs> there, you see? Let's do it again. No, no, that's enough. Save your energy for your song. What are you going to sing tonight, Kenny? Well, as soon as I get my breath, I'm going to sing Remember Me. That's swell. Well, wait a minute, Kenny. Just uh, come in. Mr. Benny? Yes? I want to take this opportunity of telling you how glad I am to see you back on the air. Well, well, thanks. I don't know of anyone I've missed as much as me. Toodaloo. <laughs> I knew 13 weeks was unlucky. Sing, Kenny. Here 
here's a song that I've created, nothing too sophisticated. It's a theme that everybody knows. Not a hilly-billy ballad full of sentimental salad, though you think it's silly, I suppose. My own refrain, child of my brain. And my song is dedicated to the people who are mated. Listen now, for here is how it goes. Do you remember one September afternoon? I stood with you and listened to a wedding tune. And didn't I go with you on your honeymoon? Remember me. Do you recall a cottage small upon a hill? Where every day I had to pay another bill And if I'm not mistaken, dear, I pay them still Remember me I can see that little angel on your knee Can't you see He kind of, sort of looks like me The boy whose only joy is loving you Who worries till he hurries home when day is through And I'm the guy you give your goodnight kisses to I'm only the husband that you're married to And I should look a little familiar to you Remember me from Mr. Dodd Takes the Air, sung by Kenny Baker, the great lover of the Jell-O program. <laughs> and Kenny, your voice is better than ever. Yes, it certainly is. Really, Kenny, your voice has improved tremendously. Yes, sir. Well, this may sound hammy, but I agree with you. <laughs> well, this may sound slammy. Oh, we took that joke out. <laughs> Say, Mary, uh, why don't you give uh, Kenny his present now? You know? <laughs> oh, yes, I nearly forgot. Here, Kenny, I brought you something from Paris. Just a little remembrance. Oh, boy, what is it? Well, it's sweet and it's liquid and you have to spray it on you. Now, what is it? A kiss. No, it's perfume. <laughs> oh, shucks. Watch your language, son. <laughs> now, run away, both of you kiddies. We got things to do around here. And now, ladies and gentlemen, for the feature attraction of our opening program... We are going to present the first in a series of highly dramatic offerings. Uh, pardon me. Come in. Well, well. Hiya, bud. Unexpected entrances. Well, Andy, I'm glad to see you. Me too. Gee, the whole gang's here. Yep. Well, Andy, how's your maw and paw and the chickens? And... Well, the chickens are molting and ma don't look so good either. <laughs> well, 
we'd have had that gag for our first show. <laughs> well, she'll improve, Andy. <laughs> I wish you could tell Paul on that. Well, Andy, what did you... <laughs> Andy, what did you do this summer? Have a nice vacation? Sure did. I took a boat and went over to Catalina Island. Catalina Island? That wasn't much of a trip. Why didn't you come to Europe with me? What for? I can get just as sick in two hours as you can in five days. <laughs> I know, but there's nothing like Paris. Say, Andy, did you get that picture postcard of the Eiffel Tower I sent you? <laughs> yes, sir. Sure got pretty legs, ain't it? <laughs> yes, if you like architecture. <laughs> <laughs> Wish I'd have been over in Paris with you, though. <laughs> I'd like to meet some of them cute mademoiselles. <laughs> Mademoiselles? Yeah. But, Andy, you can't talk French. Who wants to talk? <laughs> I agree. Well, you ought to make that trip sometime, Andy. Uh, not me. It's too darn dangerous. The boat might sink. No, there's nothing to be afraid of, is there, Mary? Of course not. You see? Jack wore curls in case they yell women and children first. <laughs> I was traveling in car. Say, Andy, I brought you something from Paris, too. You did? What is it? Perfume. It's called Eau de la Fleur de la Goo. De la Goo? Doggone, it sure smells sweet. I'm glad you like it. You mind if I pour some on my hogs? They need it worse than I do. Now, don't go wasting it. Uh, well, Andy, as long as you're here tonight, you might as well join us. We're going to put on a little play. Okay, Buck. Yeah, we better get into it. We haven't got much time. And now, ladies and gentlemen, for our first dramatic offering of the season, we are going to present... Oh, now what? Come in. Hey, Jack, Jack, look. Look who walked in. Well, this is a surprise. Abe Lyman, of all people. <laughs> Hello, Jack. Can I see you a minute? Abe Lyman. Hello, Jack. Can I see you a minute? Sure, sure. Folks, you remember Abe Lyman. His band was with us in New York last winter. Well, Abe, uh, what's on your mind? I didn't expect you to know. What do you, what do you want to see me about? Well, it's a little personal, Jack. I'd rather keep it private. Oh, come on, Abe. Cut it out. There's no secrets around here. Out with it. Look, Jack, this is your first program of the season, isn't it? Yes. And I noticed that you're using Phil Harris's band. Well, yes, Abe. What about it? Well, last winter, when you were in New York, you promised to use my band. I did? Yeah, and I got a letter to prove it. Now, look, Abe, look. What's the trouble, Jack? Oh, nothing, Phil. Only last winter, when we went east, Abe did one broadcast for me. I did three. I got paid for one. <laughs> well, look, that's neither here nor there. I got Phil Harris signed up for the season. Besides, there's no place to discuss business. Well, what about that letter you sent me? Well, I wrote that when I was mad at Phil. <laughs> and anyway, I didn't think you could read. Well, my uncle can. Now, look, Abe, I had enough grief with you in New York, so lay off. Phil Harris is all set, and he went to a lot of trouble augmenting his orchestra. He's even got a cement mixer. That's nothing. I've got a steamroller in my band. I don't believe it. You will when I run over you. Oh, yeah? And next week, a flounder will say jello again. Is that so? All I know is my band is going to be on this program, or you'll be number one on my hit parade. Now, look here, Abe. Now, just a minute. Are you trying to intimidate me? What? Are you trying to intimidate me? How do I know? <laughs> well, well, 
call up your uncle and find out. <laughs> it's a fine place to come in and start an argument. Jack, why don't you and Abe go out in the hall where you can be alone? You think I'm crazy? <laughs> now look at Abe, we can talk this over some other time. I'm talking it over right now. Yeah. You stay out of this, Kenny. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've had enough of this, and I'm not going to waste any more time arguing. Oh, you're not, eh? No. Hey there, Lyman, why don't you leave Buck alone? Get away from me, diviner, I'll clear your throat. <laughs> Watch out, Andy. I hope I come out of a baritone. The fine thing to happen on my first program. Say, Jack. Jack. What? I feel kind of embarrassed about this. I, I didn't know. Oh, you're know. not to blame, Phil. No, Phil, it's not your fault. Of course not. Now, let's drop all of this and go back to where we were. Okay, give me another kiss, Mary. Well, I'm glad the subject has changed. And now, ladies and gentlemen, for our feature attraction tonight... Go away, Abe. Uh, we will present a dramatic offering. You won't be in it. Now listen, Abe. Come on, Lyman, get out of here. Pipe down, Wilson, or I'll knock you loose from your six delicious flavors. Can you imagine that? Well, it won't be genuine without the big red letters on the box. <laughs> you tell him, Don. Imagine disrupting this whole broadcast. I wish my pal Fred Allen was here. He'd show you something. Who? Jack Dempsey. <laughs> now, look here, Abe. Suppose I give you my word that we'll talk this over in a day or two. Will that be all right? I don't know. I had my heart set on this job. Well, I'm sorry. Gee, and I ate jello all summer. Well, you feel better, don't you? Oh, sure. Hey, Don, maybe we can get a testimonial out of it. Well, all right, Abe. Run along. I'll be seeing you. And I'll be seeing you, too. Well, fellas, that was some commotion, wasn't it? I'm sorry it happened, Jack, but it was your own fault. You shouldn't have written him that letter. Oh, I only did it to encourage him. Besides, how did I know his uncle could read? <laughs> oh, don't worry about him, Jack. No, wait till he hit you. He isn't going to hit me. I can take care of myself. I've been taking that cod liver oil all summer for nothing. <laughs> Believe me. Hey, how about our play, Buck? No, Andy, I'm in no mood. I know he's trying to go on with this program. Come on, fellas. Lyman might be waiting outside, so I'll take you all home. Okay. <laughs> Come on, surround me, boys. I want to be in the middle where I can think. Play <laughs> We know all men love chocolate, and they all love chocolate pudding. But it's not very often they make their own chocolate pudding. Here's one man who does, though, Mr. Lowell Basic of Burbank, California. Listen to what he says about Jell-O chocolate pudding. I'm a bachelor and chief cook for the three of us. We can usually wrestle a pretty good dinner, but desserts have been a problem. However, the other day I noticed your Jell-O chocolate pudding on the shelf at the store. We use a lot of Jell-O, but I'd never tried this. So I brought home a package and surprised the boys that evening with the swellest, smoothest pudding we ever had. It's a boon to bachelors, and it's swell eating. We're glad Mr. Beesick discovered Jell-O chocolate pudding, for Jell-O chocolate pudding is delicious and is easy to make. It takes only a few minutes and you get a rich, velvety chocolate pudding with a luscious, creamy consistency that's always just right. Find out for yourself. It's the same low price as Jell-O, so order some Jell-O chocolate pudding tomorrow. 
the last number of the first program in the new Jello series, and we'll be with you again next Sunday night, weather and Lyman permitting. <laughs> I sure get into things, don't I, folks? Say, Mary, I see where your picture, This Way Please, is opening at the Paramount Theater this week. Yes, it is, Jack. I must go and see it opening night. See, everybody will be there, Phil and Kenny and Don and Abe. Abe, Lincoln or Lyman? Lyman. Oh, well, I'll go some other time. Good night, folks. <laughs> Special announcement, next Saturday night, Jack Haley starts a new series of programs for Log Cabin Syrup over most of these same stations. See your local paper for the time and the station nearest you, and be sure to tune in. Andy Devine, whose present picture, You're a Sweetheart, soon to be released, has appeared on this program through the courtesy of Universal Pictures, and Kenny Baker through the courtesy of Mervyn Leroy Productions. This is the National Broadcasting Company. Hello again, this is Buck Benning speaking. Welcome to the very first episode of the 1937-1938 season of the Jack Benny Show from 75 years ago. I hope you enjoy um, these performances that we're going to have this year. They're fantastic. Uh, last year, um, Rochester at the end of the year was joining the gang, and this year he'll become uh, a regular but uh, not on this particular episode. But anyway, um, I thought I'd bring it to you on a different night than usual just because this uh, particular episode we have both the East Coast and the West Coast version. Uh, I've done this before with Fred Allen, brought you East and West Coast. A lot of folks like to compare the Fred Allen shows because they're so different. He ad-libs so many different things that he changes it a lot. Uh, on Jack's East and West Coast, there's not as many changes. Sometimes uh, a joke's changed here or there. Uh, they tighten it up a, a little bit and so forth. So first, I'll bring you the East Coast version. And then on Saturday, the regular time slot for um, the Jack Benny 1937-1938 season, will bring you the West Coast version. And feel free to compare them to your heart's content. And I'm just excited that we're starting our new season up. So, enjoy. J-E-L-L-O. The Jell-O program, starring Jack Benny with Mary Livingston and Phil Harris and his orchestra. The orchestra opens a program with Jerome Kern's High, Wide, and Handsome from the picture of the same name. <laughs> back again, beginning our fourth year on the air for Jell-O. We're mighty happy to be back, and we hope you're happy, too. We hope you like our shows better than ever before, and we know you like Jell-O better than ever, because Jell-O is being improved all the time. Experts in the Jell-O laboratories are working constantly to make Jell-O always more delicious, to bring you richer fruit flavors, more luscious than ever, and glowing colors fresh and bright, to make Jell-O more attractive to look at and more appetizing to taste. But remember, if you want to get the real thing, insist on genuine Jell-O. For Jell-O brings you that wonderful extra-rich fruit flavor, which simply cannot be topped. Look for the big red letters on the box. They spell Jell-O.
was High, Wide, and Handsome, played by Phil Harris and his orchestra. And now, ladies and gentlemen, after a holiday of 13 weeks, we bring you a man whose vacation is over, and so is yours, Jack Benny. Thank you. Gee, I can't be that good. <laughs> As you know, again, this is Jack Benny talking, full of pep and raring to go. You know, Don, it feels so good to be back in the studio with the old gang. Gee, I'm even happy to see this silly old microphone. Hello, Mike. Hello, Jack. Guy. <laughs> well, Don, I don't know whether I ought to tell you this or not, but on my 13-week vacation, I don't know of anyone I've missed as much as you. Well, thanks, Jack. I've missed you, too. Yeah, I'm sure glad to see you. Gee, if you were already Young, I'd kiss you. <laughs> but really, Don, I've never seen you in better shape. You look so rested. Well, so do you, Jack. And you, you look so healthy. Oh, you do, too, Jack. <laughs> and you, you look so handsome. Hmm. Did you hear me, Don? Yes, yes, thanks. Oh, oh. <laughs> I guess I went too far there. <laughs> now, Jack, tell me all about your trip to Europe. Did you have a good time? Don, I had the most marvelous time I've ever had in my life. It was more fun than a barrel of monkeys. And you know what they are. Oh, I'll say. <laughs> I tell you, Don, there's nothing like an ocean voyage for complete relaxation. I was so relaxed, I didn't eat for four days. <laughs> but it was great, though, really. 3,000 miles on the open sea. Weren't you scared? Well, what's there to be a scared of? You're on a big ocean liner. What could happen? Well, for one thing, the boat might sink. Oh, that's silly. I didn't even think of it. Well, that boat trip must have been good for you. You certainly put on a lot of weight. I did? Yes, yes, especially around your waist. Around my... Oh, darn it, I forgot to take off my life belt. <laughs> now, isn't that awful? Well, it's funny you never noticed it. Haven't you taken a bath? Yes, and I was wondering why I kept floating out of the tub. <laughs> well, I, really, I should have guessed. But now, uh, Jack, what about Europe? Uh, what did you do and where did you go? Oh, I went all over. I was in England, France, Italy... But the loveliest place I've ever seen in my life is Switzerland. What scenery. Beautiful, huh? Well, Don, it's a second Lake Arrowhead. <laughs> and those mountains, I just can't describe them. Oh, yes, I've heard the Alps are gorgeous. Oh, they are. They, well, Don, when I think of them, I could just yodel. <laughs> really, you should see those Alps with rippling streams and wildflowers blooming and cheese growing all over the place. Oh. You know, I've often wondered about that. Is there really so much cheese in Switzerland? Is there? Well, when a good rat dies, that's where he goes. <laughs> but of course, Don, there's only one place to really have fun, and that's Paris. So they say. Uh, how did Paris strike you, Jack? Right between the eyes, Don. <laughs> I had such a wild time, I had to sleep in a straitjacket. Now, what do you think I bumped into over there? Who? Mary, she went to Europe, too. The little copycat. <laughs> she was mad about Paris. Oh, hello, Phil. Hiya, Jack. Glad to see you back again. <laughs> oh, you look grand. You look good, Phil. Really, it's, it, it's sure good to see you, Phil. I don't know of anyone I've missed as much as you. Thanks, Jack. Did you have a nice vacation, Phil? Uh, what'd you do this summer? Well, I put my band in mothballs. Yes. And then I went down to Texas on a little fishing trip. Fishing? Did you have any luck? Swell. I caught a 110-pound blonde in Galveston. <laughs> well, well, that, that was luck. Huh? Yeah, but her father was the game warden, so I had to throw her back. 
<laughs> oh, that's too bad. Say, uh, Jack, I heard you telling Don about Europe. Did you make the trip alone? No, Phil. I went over with an uncle of mine. He's a swell fellow, but the only trouble is he drinks a lot. You oh. know, he... Uh, well, at least you had company, somebody to talk to. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah, you can understand hiccups. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> My uncle was the only passenger that was seasick and didn't know it. <laughs> what a guy, huh? I meant to ask you, Jack, uh, what boat did you go over on? Uh, the Normandy. You ought to see it, Phil. It's gigantic. Oh, what a boat. Looks like Don Wilson with funnels. <laughs> hey, wait a minute, wait a minute. And Phil, <laughs> Phil, who do you think was on the same boat? Who? Marlene Dietrich. Right on the same boat. What no a girl. No kidding. And would you believe it, Phil? Her cabin was only 20 miles from mine. <laughs> And I got bunions to prove it. <laughs> hey, fellas. Hey, fellas, look. Look who's here. Uh, bonjour, messieurs. Bonjour. It's Tom and Tally Boots, they swap. Glad to see you. Well, hello, Mary. Uh, Marie to you guys. Oh. Mary, cut out that French. You're back home now, you know. Gee, Mary, you're looking swell. Did you have any fun in Paris? Uh, wee wee. Wee wee. She was in the stores all the time over there. Oh, I bet you did a lot of shopping, huh, Mary? Uh, wee wee. Wee wee. Yeah. Did you meet any cute fellas? Woo woo. <laughs> now stop showing off. I'm glad you didn't make the trip with me. So am I. What boat did you go over on? The Queen Mary Livingston. The Queen Mary Livingston? Yes, the captain told me I could say that. Oh, oh, I see. Oh, say, fellas, before I forget, I brought you all a little present from Paris. You did? What is it, Mary? Perfume. Perfume? Oh, just what we needed. Speak for yourself, Phil. Uh, come here, Don. Here's your bottle. It's called A Kiss in the Dark. Oh, thanks, Mary. And here's yours, Phil. It's called Love Sardinia. Well, mm, quite romantic. What's mine, Mary? Dracula's Dream. <laughs> it's a fine name for a perfume. It also kills ants. <laughs> well, a double header, some stuff. Hey, hey! Mary, wait a minute. The bottle you gave me has a nipple on it. Oh, I gave you Kenny. Oh. <laughs> Anyway, Mary, it was nice of you to bring us perfume. Oh, and that's not all. You know what I brought for our audience? What? A poem. A poem? Well, that ought to smell, too. See, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I pulled the line had a laugh myself. <laughs> Do you hear that, folks? A poem. You want to hear it? You want to hear it? Well, boys, looks like we're outnumbered. Uh, what's the title of it, Mary? Uh, Paris in the Spring. Paris in the... Paris in the Spring? Uh, yeah, I wrote it in bed. Oh, oh. Well, let's hear it. All right. <coughs> <coughs> I've just returned from dear old Paris, where life is gay and there are no carrots. Some call it Paris, some Paris. Now, which is right? I'm up a tree. Oh, up a tree. I'm doing the big apple. Oh, oh. Uh, with your good old Eiffel Tower, where are your friends you meet and say bonjour. Mm -hmm. And people poor and people rich, ride across your London Bridge. London Bridge. London Bridge is in London. Uh, well, I was there, too. Oh, oh. I, I adore you, Paris, France, where girls buy hats and men buy trousers. Trousers? All right, pants. Oh. And taxi cabs, they honk and rattle. The drivers look, but do not tattle. 
Mary. Marie, do you? Oh. Your onion soup is so delish, it puts you in a swell condition. Hmm. And the whole world shouts hurrah for your patty, fooey gras. Mary, that's patty foie gras. It's fooey. I didn't like it. Well, I don't like the whole poem. Uh, your waiters with their fine behaviors serve the six delicious flavors. Flavor? Yes, the strawberry, the raspberry, the cherry orange too, the lemon and the lime and the kesky bully boo. Hey, Harris, what? People play, Phil. Merci beaucoup. <laughs> You're breaking my heart from artists and models. <clears throat> uh, played by um, played by Phil Harris and his <laughs> played by Phil Harris and his augmented orchestra. And Phil, you're right back in form again. Believe me, that number sounded plenty good. You think that's something? Wait till we learn it. Oh. <laughs> now the way, Phil, I noticed that you've enlarged your orchestra quite a bit this season, haven't you? Yes, I added three violins and a cement mixer. Well, that's what I like. Something concrete in there, you know. Ooh. Gee, there are those fiddles, those three fiddles. You know, I was watching that middle fellow in particular. He seems to uh, employ the same technique on the violin that I do. I know. I'm letting him go tomorrow. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, do that. Do that, Phil. Now, look, Phil, I don't want to, of course, I don't want to tell you your business, you know, but I do think that those three violinists ought to have strings on their instruments, don't you? They, they should. Certainly. Well, I told them that and they talked me out of it. <laughs> and you shouldn't be so easily swayed. But there's no question about it, Phil. Your orchestra has an added quality. What did you think of the last number, Mary? The cement mixer wasn't loud enough. Well, it's tired. It just finished a symphonic engagement at Boulder Dam. <laughs> Who just came in? Who? I'll bite who? Kenny. Oh, it's me. Hello, everybody. Well, 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 
Judy. Hello, Kenny. Hello, Jack, old boy. Old boy? Well, it's another year. <laughs> That's right. Uh, well, you're looking swell, Kenny. You really are. I shouldn't tell you this, but uh, during my vacation in Europe, Kenny, I don't know of anyone I've missed as much as you. Thanks, really. Jack. Next year, you can take me with you. No, I'd rather miss you, Kenny. <laughs> Gee, I bet you had a swell time in Europe, Jack. You look so tan and dissipated. Well, Kenny, you should have been there. You really... Did you get that postcard I sent you from Paris? Did I? Wow! Kenny, that was a picture of a museum. Oh, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> Jack, Jack, have you noticed how much Kenny has grown this summer? That's right, Don. He's getting to be a real young man, isn't he? Gee. Isn't he, Mary, huh? He sure is, and he's better looking, too. Gosh, do you mean that, Mary? Uh-huh. Then give me a kit. Oh, a fast worker, too, huh? Go ahead, Mary. You haven't seen Kelly all summer. Go ahead. Huh? Oh, I don't want a kiss, huh? Go on. No. Oh, come on, Mary. Give him a kiss. What have you got to lose? My gum. <laughs> now you can get another stick. Come, come on, on, Mary. Come on. Oh, it's only Kenny. Come on, give him a kiss. No, no, he'll tell everybody. He will not. I will, too. <laughs> Isn't that awful? Come on, Mary, quit stalling. You better hurry up or I'll get out of the mood. Look, look, look who's in the mood. Look. Oh, all right. Come on, Kenny, brace yourself. All set. All right, camera. <laughs> well, how was it, Mary? He has grown. <laughs> there, you see? Let's do it again. Oh, no, that's enough. Save your energy for your song. Uh, what are you going to sing tonight, Kenny? Well, as soon as I get my breath, I'm going to sing Remember Me. Well, that's swell. Well, wait a minute, Kenny. Just a second. Come in. Mr. Benny? Yes? I want to take this opportunity of telling you how glad I am to see you back on the air. Well, well, thanks. I don't know of anyone I've missed as much as me. Goodbye. <laughs> I knew 13 weeks was unlucky. Sing, Kenny. a song that I've created, nothing too sophisticated, it's a theme that everybody knows, not a hilly-billy ballad full of sentimental salad, though you think it's silly, I suppose, my own refrain, child song is dedicated to the people who are mated. Listen now, for here is how it goes. Do you remember one September afternoon? I stood with you and listened to a wedding tune. And didn't I go with you on your honeymoon? Remember me. Call a cottage small upon a hill Where every day I had to pay another bill And if I'm not mistaken, dear I pay them still Remember me I can see that little angel on your knee Can't you see the kind of Sort of looks like 
the boy whose only joy is loving you. Who worries till he hurries home when day is through. And I'm the guy you give your good night kisses to. I'm only the husband that you're married to, and I should look a little familiar to you. me from Mr. Dodd Takes the Air, sung by Kenny Baker, the great lover of the Jell-O program. <laughs> and Kenny, your voice is better than ever. Oh, it certainly is, Kid. Really, Kenny, your voice has improved tremendously. Yes, sir. Well, this may sound hammy, but, but I agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> Say, Mary, Mary, why don't you give Kenny his present? Oh, yes, I nearly forgot. Here, Kenny, I brought you something from Paris, just a little remembrance. Oh, boy, what is it? Well, it's sweet and it's liquid and you have to spray it on you. Now, what is it? A kiss. No, it's perfume. Oh, shucks. Watch your language, son. <laughs> now, run away, both of you kids. We got things to do around here. And now, ladies and gentlemen, for the feature attraction of our opening program, we are going to present the first in a series of highly dramatic offerings. Hey, no, pardon me. Come in. Well, well. Hiya, bud! Today. Gee, you're certainly getting surprised. Well, Andy, I'm glad to see you. Me too. Gee, the whole gang's here. Yeah, same voice, too. Yep. Well, Andy. <laughs> Andy, how's your ma and pa and the cows and the chickens and. Oh, they're fine, Buck. They're all sitting around the radio listening in. Well, that's interesting. Of course, I never got a fan letter from a cow. You know. <laughs> well, no moose is good moose. Ooh. Ooh. Go back to sleep, Mary. You said it, huh? We got any more cow jokes, Andy? No, I guess we milked them. Well, Andy, what'd you do this summer? Have a nice vacation? Sure did. I took a boat and went over to Catalina Island. Catalina Island? Well, that wasn't much of a trip. Why didn't you come to Europe with me? What for? I can get just as sick in two hours as you can in five days. <laughs> I know. Boy, just barely made that one. <laughs> I know, but there's nothing like Paris. Say, Andy, did you get that picture postcard of the Eiffel Tower I sent you? Yes, sir. Sure got pretty legs, ain't it? <laughs> yes, if you like architecture. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I'd have been over in Paris with you, though. I'd like to meet some of them cute mademoiselles. Mademoiselles? Huh? Yeah. But, Andy, you can't talk French. Who wants to talk? <laughs> Well, you ought to make that trip sometime, Andy. No kidding. Uh, not me. It's too darn dangerous. The boat might sink. No, there's nothing to be afraid of, is there, Mary? Of course not. You see? Jack wore curls in case they yell women and children first. <laughs> well, I was traveling incognito. Huh? Say, Andy, I brought you something from Paris, too. You did? What is it? Perfume. It's called Eau de la Fleur de la Goo. De la Goo? Doggone, it sure smells sweet. I'm glad you like it. <laughs> do you mind if I pour some on the hogs? They need it worse than I do. <laughs> now, don't go wasting it. Well, Andy, as long as you're here tonight, you better as well join us. We're uh, going to put on a little play. <laughs> okay, bud. <laughs> <laughs> 
better get into it, too. We haven't got much time, me being nervous and everything. And now, ladies and gentlemen, for our first dramatic offering of the season, we are going to present... Oh, now what? Come in. Hey, Jack. Jack, look. Look who walked in. Well, this is a surprise. Abe Lyman, of all people. Hello, Jack. Can I see you a minute? Sure, sure. Oh, sweet. You, you remember Abe Lyman. His band was with us in New York last winter. Well, I'm glad to see Abe. Jesus, surprise. Abe, what's on your mind? Uh, what do you want to see me about? Well, it's a little personal, Jack, and I'd rather keep it private. Well, come on, Abe, out with it. I mean, there's no secrets around here. Well, look, Jack, this is your first program of the new season, isn't it? Yes. And I noticed that you're using Phil Harris's band. Well, yes, Abe. What about it? Well, last winter, well, while we were in New York, you promised to use my band. I did? Yeah, and I got a letter to prove it, too. Now, look, Abe, but... What's the trouble, Jack? Oh, nothing, Phil. Only last winter when we went east, Abe did one broadcast for me. I did three. I got paid for one. <laughs> well, that's neither here nor there. I got Phil Harris signed up for the season. Besides, it's no place to discuss business. Well, what about that letter you sent me? Well, I wrote it when I was mad at Phil. Anyway, I didn't think you could read. Well, my uncle can. Now, look, Abe, I don't care about your uncle. I had enough grief with you in New York, so lay off. Phil Harris was all set, and he went to a lot of trouble augmenting his orchestra. He even got a cement mixer. That's nothing. I got a steamroller in my band. Steamroller? Well, I don't believe it. You will when I run over you. Oh, yeah? <laughs> what are you laughing at? Next week, a flounder will say jello again. <laughs> That's so. All I know is my band is going to be on your program or you'll be number one on my hit parade. Now, look here, Abe. Are you trying to intimidate me? What? Are you trying to intimidate me? I don't know. <laughs> well, call your uncle and find out. I wouldn't waste a nickel on that rat. It's a fine place to come in and start an argument. Jack, why don't you and Abe go out in the hall where you can be alone? Think I'm crazy? <laughs> Now, listen, Abe, we can talk this over some other time. I'm talking it over right now. Yeah. You stay out of this, Kenny. <laughs> well, I had enough of this, and I'm not going to waste any more time arguing. Oh, you're not, huh? Hey there, Lehman, why don't you leave Buck alone? Get away from me, Divine, or I'll clear your throat. <laughs> Watch out, Andy. I hope I come out of baritone. <laughs> the fine thing to happen on my first program. Say, Jack, I feel kind of embarrassed about this. I, well, I didn't you're know. not to blame, Phil. No, Phil, it's not your fault. Of course not. Now, let's drop all of this and go back to where we were. Okay, give me another kiss, Mary. <laughs> well, I'm glad the subject has changed. And now, ladies and gentlemen, for our feature attraction tonight, go away. Uh, we will present a dramatic offering. You won't be in it. Now listen, Abe. Come on, Lyman, get out of here. Quiet down, Wilson, or I'll knock you loose from your six delicious flavors. Can you imagine that? Well, it won't be genuine without the big red letters on the box. <laughs> you tell him, Don. Imagine disrupting the whole broadcast. Wish my pal Fred Allen was here. He'd show you something. Who? Jack Dempsey. <laughs> Now, look here, Abe. Suppose I give you my word that we'll talk this over in a day or two. Will that be all right? I don't know. I had my heart set on this job. Well, I'm sorry. Gee, and I ate jello all summer. 
Well, you feel better now, don't you? Oh, sure. Hey, Don, maybe we can get a testimonial out of him. Right? Yeah. Well, all right, Abe, run along. I'll be seeing you. And don't forget, I'll be seeing you, too. Well, fellas, uh, some commotion, wasn't it? Hmm? I'm sorry it happened, Jack, but it was your own fault. You shouldn't have written him that letter. Oh, I only did it to encourage him. Besides, how did I know his uncle could read? Oh, don't worry about him, Jack. No, wait till he hit me. I can take care of myself, believe me. Hmm. Haven't been taking that cod liver oil all summer for nothing. <laughs> how about our play, Buck? No, Andy, it's no use trying to go on with this program. Come on, fellas. Lyman might be waiting outside, so I'll take you all home. Okay, okay Jack. Jack. Come on. Play, Phil. Surround me, boys. I want to be in the middle where I can think. <laughs> Here's a dessert that's always a hit, and it's always quick and easy to make. That dessert is Jell-O. You can serve Jell-O in 101 different ways, all of them easy, all of them inexpensive, and all of them swell. For Jell-O not only brings infinite variety to your winter and fall menus, it also brings you that grand, refreshing true fruit flavor, extra rich fruit flavor that belongs to Jell-O. You'll find it in every one of Jell-O's six delicious flavors, Strawberry, raspberry, cherry, orange, lemon, and lime. There are a variety of recipes for serving Jell-O on every package. Recipes for delicious desserts and intriguing salads. Look them over next time you're in your grocery store. You'll want to order half a dozen boxes to keep an interesting variety of these recipes on hand. Just be sure you get genuine Jell-O. And remember, there's only one Jell-O. the last number of the first program in the new Jell-O series. And I'll be with you again next Sunday night, weather and Lyman permitting. I sure get into things, don't I, folks? Say, Mary, I see where your picture, this way, please, is opening at the Paramount Theater this week. Yes, it is, Jack. Yeah, I must go and see it opening night. See, everybody will be there. Phil and Kenny and Don and Abe. Abe, Lincoln or Lyman? Lyman. Oh, I'll go some other time. Good night, folks. <laughs> Starts a new series of programs for Log Cabin Syrup over most of these same stations. See your local paper for time and the station nearest you, and be sure to tune in. Andy Devine, whose present picture, You're a Sweetheart, appears on this program through the courtesy of Universal Pictures and Kenny Baker through the courtesy of Mervyn Leroy Productions. This is the National Broadcasting Company. <laughs>